The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. Bridges connect one place to another. Like their namesake, bridge jobs help you get from one place in your career to the next. Roles like this have always existed, whether it's a part-time gig to tide you over between opportunities or taking your first step into a new field with a contract role. Today, we're talking all about them. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs and the ever-changing landscape of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's managing editor for jobs and career development. Most of us have taken steps in our careers that we didn't expect. Best laid plans, right? So what do you do when there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be? Maybe you need money. Maybe you want more experience. Maybe you just want to be around people. Career coach Cynthia Pong is here to help us connect those dots about bridge jobs. Before we get to the conversation, though, I want to let you know that Cynthia will join my LinkedIn News colleague, Brandy Fowler, on Monday, March 6th at noon Eastern time on Get Hired Live. They'll go deeper into this topic and answer your questions. You can find the RSVP link for Get Hired Live in the show notes. Now, back to today's conversation. I was curious to hear if Cynthia had any experience with bridge jobs during her career. I did once have a bridge job, <laughs> um, and that's why I love talking about them. Folks might have also heard me refer to them before as like a quote-unquote rebound job, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I sort of think of them that way too. But yes, my career journey has been very nonlinear, very organic, highly experimental, and in retrospect, I could say I've loved every second, of course, as I was in it, it felt very hard <laughs> and uncertain. But by training, I am a lawyer. I was a public defender for six years in the Bronx in New York. And that was my dream job that I was working up to for years ahead of that. The only reason I went to law school, I was very singularly focused on becoming a public defender. So then when I started burning out of that work about three years in, it then took me an additional three years to really come to terms with that and realize I needed to step back. You know, technically, I probably had a couple of bridge jobs, but the main one I talk about the most, and that was the one that was helping me pay my bills, was I got a job at a farmer's market in New York City. I was there for like 18 months as I was building up my business and bridge change. And then when my business really started taking off, I really tapered off the farmer's market and other work and focused on the business full time. Yeah. Well, and actually, it's funny that you mentioned the farmer's market because I'm very fortunate to have a farmer's market right by me where I live in New York City. Yeah. And they're always advertising for people to work at the farmer's market. And I always think that sounds like a lovely job. Yeah, I freaking loved it. Again, I didn't plan that either. It like fell into my lap because I was kind of on my sabbatical after leaving my public defender job. And a colleague of mine from that job's sister was working at the farmer's market and they needed more staff. For people outside of New York City, it may sound weird to think (laughs) that New York City has a lot of farmer's markets, but they do. And really, they're almost like the little town squares because it's where you run into your neighbors and things like that. So I have a huge affinity for farmer's markets. Anyway, back to bridge jobs. Can you actually take a few seconds to describe what a bridge job is or a rebound job, what exactly they are? 
So a bridge job is a job that you have for some period of time. The length of time can vary, but it serves as a bridge, hence the name, between what you were doing prior and then the next step that you kind of want to take in your career. This is an option for a lot of folks because we tend to think, oh, my career is going to unfold in this kind of idyllic way from one step to another. But there are a lot of times where something might happen. Maybe like me, you're very burnt out by your job or you need to take a step back or perhaps you were laid off unexpectedly. You had to move locations and you kind of need a job that's maybe not what your ideal dream job is, but it bridges that period of time to help support you and give you some space and freedom to think about what you want to plan for your next job after that. Yes. And I think the thing that we want to maybe dispel a little bit is that it's always about money, which is not always the case, right? Because obviously right. you need money coming in, unfortunately. <laughs> I think the vast majority of us in the world. Yes. Yeah, we need we need money. <laughs> um, that's, that's how we pay our bills. That's how we live where we do. And when it gets down to it, though, a bridge job could be that maybe you have savings built up but you want something to fill your day or you want a routine or you want to try something out and just sort of be around people. So there's all different reasons that someone might take a bridge job, right? 100%. The key is that it is serving some need that you have. And that might be, like you said, to pay the bills. It might be for that sense of community. It might be for the structure because, yeah, a lot of us do thrive when we have some structure, something to balance your life out at that time and meet a specific need. How do you go about finding a bridge job? Because like, obviously there are just jobs that you could apply to and take. Uh -huh. How do you actually go about maybe finding one that aligns with what you want to do or at least something that doesn't make you upset to go there every day. <laughs> yes, perfect. I think exactly what we were talking about just now is the key to grounding yourself in being open to whatever bridge job is the right one for you. And that's thinking about the why. Like, why are you looking for a bridge job? Is it because you simply need X amount of money in order to pay your bills? Is it because you want to gain some new experience in a different area so that you can pivot into a different direction or consider pivoting into another direction? So whatever your why is, that should really be at the top of your list of priorities, of characteristics that would define this bridge job for you. And so a lot of times in our career, we might want a ton of things at once. I want a job that pays this much. I want a job that's this much remote or that I work with such and such people. It has a great workplace culture. The values are aligned. All the different kind of laundry list of requirements. And I encourage people to be clear and write those things down of what you are looking for. But then the next step that I think is really crucial, a lot of people skip, is put them in order of priority to you. <laughs> because if you are looking for a job that's going to check 50 boxes, you're going to be really frustrated and it's just going to feel impossible and demoralizing. So don't do that to yourself. Write down your requirements with them, put them in order of priority and your why that you're grounded in should be at the top or towards the top. You hit on a very important point, which is I think you sort of fall into the three categories of need to have, want to have, and then nice to have. Because if, yes. you, ha if you put everything in the need to have column, you're going to be looking for a while. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, once you sort of know those priorities and you say, OK, I want to work maybe in an event planning or, you know, something that is your career -y sort of lifestyle. Yes. But you need something in the interim. Do you still want to look for a bridge job that still sort of falls within those parameters where you have your need to have, your want to haves and nice to haves? Yeah, I think that's frankly a good framework for 
any type of job search, I encourage people to do that because it always does pay off to take that time to be strategic at the front end and put at least some thought into what you're doing rather than moving from a place of either panic or kind of feeling like you're flailing or quote unquote desperate to find something else. You're just going to be more efficient over the long run. So if event planning is kind of the goal, then I would think about what is the need and what's your why behind that. So are you looking primarily to get more experience that people in event planning are looking for when they're hiring? Is it that you want to be doing the similar kind of work that you're doing now, just at a different workplace, but maybe you're rubbing shoulders more with people who are in event planning. There's many different pathways to the same destination. One thing about the bridge job concept as well is you could also think about it as like the overlap in a Venn diagram. So if one circle is where you're at now and the other circle is where you want to be at, then what is that overlap in the middle that could be the bridge? You could think about it that way, too. People will say like, okay, well, if I'm treating this as a bridge job, people may not want to hire me because I'm not going to be here for a while. How do you address that, would you say, in conversations? Or do you even have to address it? I'm a big fan of if it doesn't come up, no need to make an issue out of something that's not an issue. So for sure, I think it's necessarily something to bring up unless explicitly that those people you're talking to are looking for temporary work, in which case, like, great, it's a perfect fit. I think there's sort of ways to take a middle road. And like, none of us really knows what is going to happen. If we did, we'd be a lot less stressed out about our careers, probably. (laughs) No one has a crystal ball. You can't say for either way. And, you know, if there is an actual nugget in you where you can say from an authentic place, because you think they are looking for long-term work or something like, yeah, I would be open to it. I think it's best to see, you know, in the interim, like make sure that it is still an aligned fit on both sides. Because you can bet they also will be evaluating you. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I'll also just say as kind of a general statement, I'm not sure that people tend to think or assume that people are going to stay in jobs necessarily for the long run. That has been changing gradually over time a lot. You know, like maybe in our parents' generation or something like that, there was an expectation. You get one job, you might be there for your entire career. That doesn't generally happen anymore. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I think, you know, bridge jobs, I think they could be so effective, but I think you hit on a really big anxiety because, you know, my parents, I grew up in a very working class family. Mm -hmm. And the idea was you get a good job and you stay there until you're laid off, you die, or they kick you out. Like those those are the three options. Those are the only options. Yeah. Ideally retire, but let's let's be realistic. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of unlearning that people also have to do because just the world of work is different now. Well, I was going to say a little bit more on this is I remember, you know, when I first started doing the career coaching work, people were like, is it bad to leave a job within two years? I still see that a little bit, but it was like a radical idea to like leave a job before a two year mark back then in kind of 2015, 16, 17. Now I get that feeling from some Mm -hmm. clients or people that we interact with on LinkedIn and stuff a little bit, but it's been fully dispelled, I feel like, by a lot of millennials and Gen Z. There's no minimum time anymore. I think the only caution I always give people about job hopping is that make Mm -hmm. sure you are at one place long enough where you can get to that next level, because otherwise you're going to be making a lot of horizontal moves. During one of those moves, you want to do a stretch so you get that bump up. Otherwise, you might leave after six months, a year, and then you're still at that level. So you want to still progress in your career. Yeah, Um, 100%. And, And speaking of progression... I think another fear of bridge jobs that people have is that they worry that it will somehow get them off track of their actual career. 
And how do you prevent that from happening? Or is that a bad thing? I think it depends on what you want out of your career, really. And I know that's a big question, but that's the whole point in a sense. Like everything around career and to the earlier point of like, we need to make time and carve time to be intentional about thinking through things. Maybe not every second of every day of every week, but periodically to check in and be like, okay, if I do have a long-term goal, am I still generally on track to that goal? You know, you need these points at which you're checking, whether it's monthly or quarterly or whatever. So it's the same in a way with a bridge job. And it goes back to that purpose and that why of why you are looking for a bridge job. So for example, if you're looking for a bridge job because you are, you know, we'll take my example. I was like burnt out of one thing. I had to figure out what was next after that. Had no idea, completely open. And I needed some money so that I could pay my bills while I like recuperated from the burnout and healed around that stuff and then was able to think about what I was going to do next. So after I had that bridge job for a couple of months, like I started naturally feeling, okay, my mind is in the right state now. I can be regrounded in what I really want out of my career and I can think about this stuff and then plan. So I didn't let like five months or two years go by. That was like two or three months time. <laughs> you know, so I made sure to have that point in time, which I didn't hold myself to a timeline, but it just organically happened. Um, so when that happens, then that's a great time to refocus. What is my midterm goal? What is my long-term goal in my career? Where do I want to go? And then that just becomes something that you work on on the side of your bridge job, or maybe as a priority in your bridge job is on the side. You know, it depends how much of a timeline you want to give yourself in terms of sorting out and landing that next after the bridge job or what kind of pivot you're looking to make. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Cynthia talks about why it's important to check in with your career goals while working at your bridge job. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And we're back, talking about bridge jobs with Embrace Change founder, Cynthia Pong. Okay, you're in your bridge job. Now, how do you make sure you're not moving too far away from your long-term career goals? Well, first, you need to ask yourself if you still want to achieve those goals. Here's Cynthia. 
I think there's a balance there. You don't have to ask it like every single day. That's that's probably overkill. <laughs> but when you look at a bit of a longer view, when you zoom out a little bit, do you feel like you're generally moving in the direction that you want to be? It's a little bit of wayfinding because there will be ups and downs, twists and turns along the way, and only you can kind of judge for yourself. And then I think where this kind of this work can be supported is making sure that you are also being thoughtful about what external supports or communities you need to make it easier on yourself. Like none of us are an island. We all got where we got in our careers because of communities that supported us in different ways that you know, connected us to opportunities that were a bridge for us to various things. So, you know, you don't have to go alone. The introspection is great, but balance it also with external support. Totally. And also something you mentioned, too, about, you know, making sure you have the time to do the work if you have Uh a bridge job, because you don't want to jump out of a career like you said, like you were burnt out. You don't want to jump into a bridge job that is just another form of burnout. Exactly. You still want to have that time to be able to do the work and address the issues that you had at your last employer, right? A hundred percent. And so if you go back to that why and that purpose behind why you're looking for the bridge job and you did your ranked priorities, then, you know, hopefully the bridge job checks enough of those boxes to give you that mental space, which for me was crucial about that farmer's market job. You know, it was very part time. It didn't stress me out in the same way that I was stressed out at my legal job. And so I had that space to tap into that creative strategic thinking in my brain. You know, when it comes to exiting the bridge job and say, like, I did this for three, four months and now I am ready to make the rubber hit the road and get back Uh onto my, like, career trajectory. Right. How do you do that successfully? Because I think some people, they get concerned that, you know, they went from being an accountant to maybe working a receptionist job or something like that. Uh And now they're trying to get back into maybe a different form of accounting or something like that. How do you address the bridge job gap there where it's like, hey, what happened here? Yeah. So I think that is a big fear of a lot of folks, too, and what prevents people from being open to a lot of bridge job opportunities. And people might not ask you. Yeah. (laughs) So again, it's like if it doesn't come up, there's no need to put a spotlight on it necessarily. I think people are increasingly understanding that we need variety sometimes. Sometimes you have to step back. There might be a mental health thing. Like I think people are a lot more sensitive around asking those questions. So that's number one. At the same time, it's a both and. You should be prepared how you're going to frame that to somebody. So if you were in that receptionist role and going from one type of accounting to another, are there ways that you can talk about what you did do and the skills you may be shored up and sharpened, in fact, in that receptionist time that will be relevant to the different type of accounting you're moving into? Maybe it allowed you to be interfacing with clients and customers in a new and different way that in your accounting job previously, you didn't have that you know, client-facing, customer service type of skill set, which is frankly super valuable, you know. And then you can talk about how that will allow you to be like a rainmaker and bring in more clients or something to the new accounting place. You know, it's all about connecting the dots for people so they can see how it's relevant and how it's a value add. I challenge folks to think in that way and connect the dots for folks and be open to, you can spin a lot of things in a positive way for your overall career trajectory. Totally. And and such good advice because I think everything 
can be a learning opportunity. Yeah. So even if you don't take a bridge job, but you take a job, you're there for three months and you find out, hey, this is not my thing, and you leave, even that three months, you could say, you know what? I learned that I did not thrive in an environment that required mm-hmm. daily check-ins or yep. that was a fully remote role, and I realized that I need to be in the office, like that's how I thrive. Right. All of those things you can sort of use as data, and you could say, listen, th- 100%. this is why I know this job is great for me yeah. because I've done the learning. And so it's the bridge job becomes more than just, uh, you know, something that pays the bills or keeps you busy. It becomes something that you've actually taken things away from. A hundred percent. And you did invest time and energy and labor into that. I mean, that's literally the definition of the job, but you have three months more experience. You know, you have all those learnings, like what you just mentioned, Andrew, and you know how you can work with and support teams and organizations and managers or whoever the case may be better for that three months that you invested. So yeah, it's not a loss. You're not treading water. It's you're always gaining more. And also, and I think people sometimes, if we're fortunate, life is long and so is our career. Mm -hmm. So if it is something that's maybe two, three months, if on your resume you have quite a few years of experience already, like five, five to six, you might just say, like, I was at this employer from, you know, 2012 to 2014 and you don't get into the months. So if it, mm-hmm. it's a three-month bridge job and you really can't make that leap or you don't want to get into that conversation, you don't even have to put it on your resume, actually. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You don't. And this all goes back to that being intentional and being strategic about how you frame and talk about and present your career. Admittedly, that is very hard when a person is feeling burned out, when you've experienced workplace trauma, when you've experienced racial gaslighting in the workplace, sexism, misogyny, all those things. So it's extra important for those of us who are from marginalized communities too, to take the time to be intentional and strategic and put that in as kind of a non-negotiable for yourself in your career. I think bridge jobs can really be saviors for a lot of people who have experienced those things because exactly. you can sort of hit pause and say, listen, I, I am going to put myself in an environment where I am valued, where I feel comfortable. So you don't have to continue in an environment where you're experiencing trauma or harassment or anything like that. And you could find one that is a good placeholder. And then you could use that extra brain power to say, I'm going somewhere where I am valued for who I am, right? Yes. Uh, I love that. You said it so beautifully because sometimes the why is you just have to get out immediately. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of some places and many of our clients. So there's no shame in that game. It's not your fault. And you, though, have the responsibility to do what's right for you at any given point. And, you know, before we go, is there anything else about bridge jobs that you don't think we covered or anything that, you know, is important to add? I'm just such a big fan of them because I do think bridge jobs are great for hitting that pause button for a second, like you were saying earlier, so that people can reset a little bit and just think, like have a minute to think (laughs) and then see where you're at with respect to your career. I hope that people feel more encouraged to consider it if and when it's going to serve a purpose for you in your career. No, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, for anyone listening, we all have an idea what we hope the workforce and the world would operate as. Uh But our goal with this podcast and anything we do is to give you the tools to 
thrive and survive, frankly, just our current world and today's reality. So I appreciate all of your incredible advice and help, Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Always love to be on the show and to talk about important topics like this that I feel like don't get enough airtime. That was Cynthia Pong, founder of Embrace Change. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. In fact, join Cynthia and my colleague, Brandy Fowler, on Monday, March 6th at noon Eastern time on Get Hired Live and bring your questions. You can find the RSVP link in today's show notes. Also, if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. This episode was produced by Alexis Ramdow. Lolia Briggs is our associate producer. Asif Gidron engineered our show. Joe Georgi mixed our show. Dave Pond is head of news production. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. Courtney Coop is head of original programming for LinkedIn. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.